Conversely Trans is an intergenerational podcast series exploring trans culture. The podcast developed by the Sterlings Collective with funding from Create in collaboration with Tenny, with continued participation of the trans community, explores invisible histories and culture through intergenerational dialogue and archival materials. Having worked closely with members of the trans community over the last two years, the collective recognized the need for intergenerational dialogue and community care for trans people, and this podcast aims to be one part of this. Hi, I'm Jules, and welcome to the final episode of the third season of Conversate Trans. And since we've worked so hard, we have decided to take a couple weeks break. Uh, we're going to have lots of cool guests lined up for next season. And you can listen back to all of our previous episodes on thetittershack.com or wherever you find your podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter for updates. And uh, in the meantime, you can check out some other great podcasts on Tortoiseshack. And if you have the means, please try to consider maybe supporting Tortoiseshack on Patreon. It would like be a big help to the whole platform. Thank you so much for listening and all your support. And this week, it is just the two of us without a guest. So, yeah. And we have each brought in objects that we have found, like, helped us shape us as people. So, what did you bring, Alexandra? I I brought um, something, like, really nerdy. I brought a video game that I really love. Uh, it's called The Binding of Isaac. It's made by an independent artist. Um, and it's just, I think it's kind of relatable to my kind of experience of like childhood, religion, and kind of gender. And it was kind of very developmental for me. It's it's kind of just like horror. And like as an artist as well. Um, because it was kind of my first introduction into the kind of idea of a meta-narrative, which is like a metaphorical narrative or like a story hidden within the story that's kind of about a subject that's maybe deeper than the actual like story <laughs> not to be confusing um and like the game kind of has like all these hints towards a deeper kind of uh, meaning and and so the game is kind of has a religious kind of basis you know it's it's kind of like the story about god and this this boy who's kind of trying to run away from God and he he sees himself as a sinner. Um, and we kind of get these like little references to his sexuality and his gender and lots of other like little things. But the gender and sexuality parts are what kind of really caught me when I was like a teenager playing these games because I also grew up in a very religious household and like this character who kind of like has these hints towards gender and sexuality but it's not really explicit in in the story and like because when i was still questioning my gender um i i didn't really it you know it's it's very hard to be like here's the science that you're trans and if you click all these boxes there you go it it's it's something like you have to kind of decide for yourself in a way like or come to realize for yourself wait so what is like the quest of that game then because still most games have quests I get like you like the objective, I guess. Um, so so it's based on you know the biblical story where Abraham is told by God to kill his oldest son. I think so. I'm sure there's not too many. So like also yeah. 
it's it's like so the, the point of it is that Abraham is meant to kill his son to prove to God that he loves God more than anything else. Very very Old Testament. Um, is this the one where he's like near a bush or something? No, no that that's a different one. Okay, yeah. That that's where the the bush is like how God appears to Abraham because if Abraham looks at God in like God's true form, his mind would blow up. So um so so yeah, the game is based on that. So but it's it's like like that's a very traumatizing story, right? Cuz it's like I don't know, imagine like your granddad telling your own dad to kill you and then your dad being like, "Okay." Um and and the the the, the kind of there's like this metaphor story in the background that's happening. So what happens in the game, the main quest is that Isaac's mom hears God tell her to kill him and she she like without like you know hesitation um Isaac panics and tries to run away and he finds this random basement under a carpet in his bedroom and he like he dives down and in the basement like there's all these monsters and he keeps like finding like he's running away from his mom I guess and he keeps finding like, more and more trapdoors leading further down until like he ends up in hell so is that why you related it you felt like not that your life was in its own sense in hell let's say is that weird kind of yeah because it was like so like the metaphor there is kind of like isaac is like it's parental abuse right and isaac is running away but he's kind of fallen into a like maybe a depression or something like it's not very clear the exact details of what's happening it's kind of up to us to interpret the story but what we know is happening in the story isn't what the story is really about and that's where like the kind of metaphor comes in and apart from the fact that i could like relate to that in that way like you know felt like i was going through hell <laughs> um there's also for, as like from an artistic perspective i love the use of what can you as the viewer take from a story like what how does it influence you you know it's like um it's this, this concept called death of the author where when an author or you know an artist creates a piece of work and sends that work out into the world it no longer becomes their work it's now the work of like the viewers or the audience um so like i don't know as an artist like that's really something i'm super interested in and i like i'd love to become more i'd love to get more into that kind of stuff and explore it and yeah i don't know it's like it's it's just it was such an influential influential experience to me or like game and it, it, it sounds so nerdy to talk about video games but for me it's just so I, I don't know how to put it but just so like it's affected so many parts of my life in like little ways and like yeah I, I that's the power of art right it's like how it can influence in like deeper ways and stuff yeah because it still is a piece of art even if it's just well not like just a video game but it is like art that you can play through and i don't think it's like anything to like dismiss and it honestly sounds like they took like the bible and made it into a piece of like a video game 
which in itself just sounds awesome, even though ugh, I don't like that I just said awesome, but like, yes. <laughs> and obviously meant a lot to you, so like, let's not dismiss that either. Mm-mm. No, I was going to say like, with video games, when we, because they're, you play them, right? You are engaging in, in a way that you can't engage with the book. Like, you can't physically enter a book and become part of the story. <laughs> Excuse me, bitch. I can. No, well, I mean, like, right. That's what you say. No, I know what you mean. I just, like, I love books. So I'm like, oh, uh, we need yeah. to disparage them. It's, it's just like, in this game in particular, like, you can make choices that kind of lead you towards heaven or hell in the end. I, I know I said, like, you go to hell, but there's, like, a second hell. It's, it's very video game. But um, in a book, like, no matter how you read that book, the last page is always going to be the same. And that's something about video games. Like, how you engage in a video game can change how it can change the video game itself. And I don't know. I, I just love that kind of stuff. I, I, it's, it's all very, like, artsy and, like, you know, like, what does art mean to you? And how can art impact you? But what if you can impact the art? And, you know, I'm a big nerd for that. And I'm not good at, like, expressing that kind of stuff two words. But, um... I think there is a specific word for that kind of design, but uh, Jules, what do you want to like save me here while I flounder about trying to explain okay, yes. why I'm such a big nerd and tell me about your item? Yes, I brought Janet Mock's book, who is a writer and a television host, and she's also a director and producer and an all-around beautiful trans activist. Her second book, which is What My Twenties Taught Me, Surpassing Certainty. And it just details her life. I think after, it might be like a graduate program or like a master's in journalism. I'm not sure how American works. American works? How America works with kind of like their education system. But yeah, she's just, I, yeah, it's just after in Hawaii. She's been there from New York and she's had sexual, what is it? Sex reassignment surgery. Yeah. And then she meets this like hunky I think he works on a ship. What are they called? Sailor. He's kind of like a sailor, but it's like a marine. Oh, I think it's a marine. And they have this love affair. And it kind of goes there, detailing her life as like a young dancer and a like, young journalist. And just like like it says, what her 20s taught her. And I'm just like, yes, Janet, thank you for this book. So the, like, is that book influential to you in the same way that like my video games are to me? Yeah, but I think for the way you were saying it, I found it when I was like, was it 21 or 22, maybe? So, and it was just, I read her first book when I was like, maybe 19. And then I was like, oh. No, and I didn't even buy her first book physically. I bought it on a Kindle. And then I was like, no, bitch, I'm going to buy her first book. Because that was when I started to come out to people. And I was just kind of like, and I also just like terrified of aging and almost like, oh girl, this is a, what her 20s taught her. So let's read this. And then she's just someone I'm very much admire. And just her like strengthened conviction in her like inner and outer beauty. I'm just like, oh my God, bitch. Fabulous. I don't even know if I answered your question. Yeah. I mean, you're telling me about how it inspired you, like, or how it influenced you. Oh yeah, you. I think I did. Um, yeah. But like, do you think it changed how you've been like living your twenties? 
Um, maybe before the pandemic. <laughs> oh, well, like yeah. after it's kind of been like slapped back to where I was before. Yeah, just like not being able to go out, and I think that's like similar for a lot of us right now because it's just no. But yeah, I do not to talk too much about the lockdown and pandemic. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I guess it's relatable though. I know, but it's like ooh. People are sick of hearing. Yeah, I guess I just don't want to talk about it. That's all. But like, yeah, and and like, is more. What was the author's name again? Author name again? Oh, Janet Mock. Janet Janet Mock. Yeah, Is she like, like, do you like oh, her some of her other work as well? I mean, I read her thirst book, and I know that she had a TV not a TV show, maybe it was a YouTube show, but she was a host. And she herself had a podcast, and I think we've surpassed her eight episodes. But I think that was with the producer, and they, like, let it go or whatever. So rude. And she's someone who works on the TV show Pose. I believe she's now, like, one of the main writers, which is sadly empty. I think I I listened to an episode of her podcast. I think you showed it. Yeah, I think I recommended it before this was, like, a thing that we now do. Yeah, it was like when we were like doing quote unquote research and kind of <laughs> listening to like other <gasps> stuff. Yes. Oh, and we have a question from, I guess these people are our producers. Lilith, she was wants to know like how we got to know each other, girl. And what drew us together? Um, I mean, we were both attending Belong to, right? The, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like National Youth Service. Yeah, it was like the National Youth Service for LGBT youth. Uh, so if you're under the age of 25 and you're trans or LGBT, you should go check them out. If you, uh, you, you can make friends. Well, they can do it online. I'm like, they're doing it online. Now. Oh, yeah, they have like, yeah. um, I think Tenny do as well, like online meetings. So we were going to over 18s together. <laughs> yes, because we're a lot. <laughs> And because I just, like, needed, like, a social outlet at the time, because I kind of wasn't, I, 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 like, I wasn't in school and stuff, and I wasn't working, which I think is very relatable for a lot of trans people, especially when you're in that awkward phase of, like, trying to figure things out. And um, I think we kind of just, like, knew each other a little bit from that. Yeah. But then Alicia... uh who obviously helps develop the podcast with us, was like, she she just showed up one day and was like, I want to do an arts project. I want to, it's to do with my college work, but also I kind of just want to do some social, social kind of activism. And I think socially engaged art is, I remember the first time that I was meeting Alicia and she was like socially engaged art and I was like, oh my God, work, that's been fun. That that does sound proper. <laughs> well, to uh, me, it does. No. Oh yeah, no. Like that sounds like what she did say. I I just you know me with words. Yeah. Um. Uh. And then Ali. Then wait, what happened? No, I think there was you, the other me. people. There was you and me. Then yeah, there was, was like, like two, two other people. people, and then they like kind of left. They were like, "We're too busy, y'all." Yeah. And we were like, "We're not." And. And that's, like, me and you, like, started, like, kind of working through trauma nearly with Ali while we were doing the project. Oh, yeah, I felt bad Because I remember her. we would, like, <laughs> we would talk for, like, ages about, like, oh, this is, like, 
all my struggles with like being queer and oh like I that. know and some of it was like oh god this is a lot because when you tell one person what happened to your life up to like 22 or so years it's just like oh girl this is not yeah, a I'm, picnic it's like a whole dinner of like sadness I think it was because we were trying to figure out like something socially engaged yeah. to do some kind of project and we were kind of like talking about trying to figure out ourselves nearly to figure out what we would want to do and I think eventually we kind of did the um the speech yeah but like like I guess through that we got to know each other well yeah I'm someone who's quite reserved let's say so at this point I was like I guess I have to talk to her more often I mean you and Alicia so I was like oh I guess I do like these people um oh that's that's the nicest thing you ever said to me I guess I do kind of like you. I said I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I do like all three of you, including Lila. And she came later. And I was like, who is this bitch? Yeah, Lila was like... But not in a bad way. I call a lot of people bitch just to press Yeah, but it's just like, it's like a term of endearment. And I do it when I'm uncomfortable. It's not great in some places. But we kind of, like, because we were doing, like, this, the... Like, eventually, speech, we, yeah. we named the group the, the Sterlings. Thing. Uh, because it's like Irish, there's the Irish word for history, and we were doing like uh, we were exploring like living history in the trans community. And I think both of us were kind of isolated at the time, and that's part of why we kind of did stuff about kind of community. Yeah. Because it was like really kind of finding community for ourselves. And it wasn't just the trans community because I remember we spoke to Izzy. Oh yeah. I think it's Kamikaze. Yeah. Yeah. And we spoke to Sarah Phillips, and they were like the first old people who were. They just, I think you missed talking with Sarah, but like, what? The first old people. <gasps> Should I call them old people? I mean, older people than us. Yeah. Well, Ali is older than Who us. Who talks with us? Yeah, but she's like 32 or whatever. <laughs> she's not. Oh, wait, is she? T- I think she's 31, isn't she? <laughs> oh, God, we shouldn't be saying that on the podcast. Oh, no. Oh, she is 32. Yeah, she's 32. <laughs> she's fine with the people knowing that. Um, but yes, and then we did other stuff, and then it was a photography exhibition. I guess now we're explaining the history of the Starlings, but this is what brought us closer together. This is where we met Lilith. Yeah, she came to that event. I forget where it was. It was. Are y'all gonna help us? Are we gonna have to Google? Dublin Castle, yes, and it was an invitation. That was the badge workshop. Yeah, did not. Is that not where we both met Lilith? Uh, maybe. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I, I just remember taking her picture. Yes, it is. Lilith remembers us because we're like two very odd people. <laughs> I mean, not to call us odd, but like, girl, I think we're memorable. Let's go with that. Yeah, I'm a star. Museum of Contemporary Photography, the Temporary Installation in Dublin Castle, is our next event that happened in 2019. Yeah. So. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And that's where we had a bag making workshop and a collage making workshop, and there we met Lilith. And then we had another discussion with people who were older than us that included Sarah Phillips, Claire Farrell. Oh, and then we had a lady who is from... Um, wasn't that, like... I, I remember her telling us, like, because they were going to be doing, like, trans rights uh, 
protests that they were like, okay. Susan O'Brien, yes, that's her. The lady who lived in New York and who was one of the people involved in like picketing the St. Patrick's Day Parade. And I was just like, oh, girl, your life sounds awesome. Like all of their lives, I was like, oh, thank you, bitches. It was just crazy to me how like they they were like going to campaign for like their trans rights and they had to like plan that they were definitely going to get arrested and like how what to do to avoid like making the situation worse i think it was lgbt <laughs> inclusion in the parade but yeah oh that yeah it was something like that oh yeah, yeah and they wouldn't let them because they were like that's not what paddy's day is about or whatever and yeah i don't know it was the irish americans who were like this is not how we celebrate paddy's day and i'm like sit your moldy butts down you know i just called people moldy butts but yeah <laughs> Yeah, it was um I, I that that stuff really annoys me when like there the people talk about kinda of like Ireland being like like just I don't know. A certain view of Ireland that is not accurate. I guess it's like a conservative view of but, Ireland that is like Yeah. Well, I I just remember during during the um the eight campaigns there's someone who um an American living in Ireland who was complaining that like this wasn't the Ireland that they moved to, and it's like, I I don't know, it's just like, very like awkward, like, you know, like, you move to a different country, and... No, I think it's like, you have an idea of the country when you're going to move there, and then they're met with the reality of the country, and it was very much not something that they yeah felt comfortable in. And at least I jived with... Yeah, that, that's kind of, I think, it was, it was, I think it was also just because, like, a lot of the American narrative is like, di- <laughs> okay, not like all Americans are it, but you just hear a lot of like anti-immigration policies in America, and like this, this kind of seemed a bit hypocritical. Even though I guess I don't know what the individual views of this person was, but they seemed very conservative. And they themselves would be an immigrant here. It's just like we don't often call white people who move to other countries immigrants, even though that's what they are. That's we true. call them like migrants, I think, which is just what. So it's like, girl, you got some just desserts, you got some reality served to you. I only remember from geography is that an immigrant is someone who leaves a country and an immigrant is someone who like moves to a new country. So you emigrate from Ireland and you immigrate to Australia, if you get me. Oh, right. If if you are moving to Australia. Oh, I thought it was like semantics. I didn't know there was like... Well, I mean, that is, I guess, because I don't know who Samantha is or why she has ticks. But uh, I don't even know if I said semantics right. <laughs> I have a weird accent. People have noticed if they continue to listen. If they listened even once. Oh, but, but sorry. What were you talking about? You're talking about like the the end of the workshop at Dublin Castle, and that's where we met Lilith. Yeah. And then. Yeah. I don't know what happened after that. Well, that was when. <laughs> I guess we had to be like, what do we want to do next? And it was like this summer. And how did we know that that would be the last summer where we could like see each other? R.I.P. Human connection. And I think eventually after a couple of months of the other things, we decided to do like a photography thing. And the Hearst Festival. That was it, yeah. Ali was like, look at this hose. She didn't call us hose, but like, yeah. That that was January. Yeah, and we decided to photograph other trans and non-binary no, people, but we have since like made it clear that we do not 
kind of group like non-binary people with trans people. It was just like, I mean, no, we said trans and non-binary femme people, but there's obviously a distinction. And that was kind of like the festival named Herstory. So that's why we said like a femme non-binary. But now we're like, if you're non-binary, come say hello. It does not matter where on the spectrum you lie, sweeties. I think because we're not like kind of say um, trans women and non-binary femmes who feel comfortable with the with being kind of referred to as women. Well, yeah, but just some seeing that as an outside perspective later, I was like, Ugh. I was the most comfortable with being attached to being so exclusionary towards like just non-binary people as a whole. But yeah, no, that is how we decided to like enter this project. I think it's just because, yes. I don't know, I think it was just that was the most inclusive way we could put it, right? Like, Well, yeah, it was inclusive, but then it was also like we were marginalizing people and being like, your appearance matters too kind of stuff. But we have since expanded. Our- uh, I, wait, no, it wasn't like... Like anyone who felt comfortable was welcome to do it, but it was just like we obviously well, yeah, so I many guess people. If I was gonna be like, I myself wouldn't have done that, but that was just the scope of the festival. And it's like, yeah, we were like, if you felt comfortable, we weren't like grabbing people to be in it. So yeah. And then we had like, cause cause we had those, um, all those images like, put up on on the wall. Using what was it a photo? A lighting, a light projector, um, like projected up onto the National Museum of Ireland, and Collins Barrett. Uh, yeah, same, same building, and um, the 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 post office, the GPO, and like yeah. I think that that was our kind of statement of like, trans people, trans women are a part of Ireland, and look, we're on the GPO. Uh, that's a very important thing to Ireland as a uh, republic. And uh, anyone who disagrees, uh, well, we have a giant like uh, live picture of Alexandra on the wall, and so uh, you can't argue with that. <laughs> we had more than just you, girl, but yeah. Yeah, but like I was the most important one because I'm just that amazing. Okay, I'll just say no, Mm-mm, no, no, <laughs> you don't need that. <laughs> but yeah, and then we have a GPO. I mean, what is the Colin Barracks? And I thought that was amazing because we weren't even supposed to be on the GPO. But I myself <gasps> did not feel comfortable participating in the project. So you want to find pictures of me on a building. <laughs> but I think I was going to be like, oh, I can do it now. And it was like two weeks from it. And then it was like, oh, girl, this is not going to work. And I was kind of a bit relieved. But yeah. Not to end it talking about ourselves, but, like, I guess that's what we're doing right now. Didn't you have, like, body glitter for that when you were going to do a photo? We just ran out of time. Yeah. But I, I really wanted to see that. I wanted to see you sparkle. Oh, yeah. Like, more than normal. Yeah. I'm not sure many people would say I sparkle, but thank you. <laughs> but I did love your picture. Not that I took it, but, like, you looked great, girl. <laughs> you did take it. I know. Um... I I don't I think it's kind of a weird because I think it looks really cool like when you look at it it's very like there's like a mood right like I think it's like it kind of has like I think it's defiant that's what I got from it yeah 
but I, I don't think like I have that kind of personality. I think I'm more like lackadaisy. Well, it's just like a. It's 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 just like it's it's a really cool picture, but it's like it feels like I, so just because if it's like a picture of me, I guess I feel a bit detached from it because it's like not how I would present myself in like normal day to day. I have like I usually like wear like a big yellow um. What what's the word for the dress? You know the ones with the kind of straps. Dungarees. Yeah, it's like like that, but it's like a dress, and like it's like it's and then I go around telling people I'm banana because it's yellow, like. <laughs> and then you just have like this picture of me on the GPO with this look on my face, like all defined, and like my shirt says, uh, "What's my shirt say? Femme or something or?" Like femme fatale. Femme fatale, yeah. Yeah, but we let you decide what you wanted to wear and you didn't then make that conscious choice to wear that or maybe that's what you felt comfortable in I did okay yeah I was kind of going for that mood I guess of like femme fatale like this is me so I guess it was I don't know it's just like I I guess it's just like self kind of narcissism uh whatever like caring about your own appearance because like I feel like and I think this leads into the podcast presenting yourself in any kind of public way is quite difficult because you're kind of consciously thinking about like how am I behaving yeah what kind of like because we we want to kind of come off in the way that like reflects our values whether that's like cool or socially conscious or whatever and it's quite di- like because if you're having a normal conversation outside of a podcast, you probably don't think about things the same way. Whereas when you are doing a podcast, you're thinking about how are the people who are viewing it. And like again, this comes back to like art and like how we interpret art. And do you see like everything is connected for me? <laughs> and um, well, I don't know if they have the same view, but I just remember with the project I always felt like I would have been the outlier because I wasn't on hormones and I'm not I have been told I'm not someone who's naturally like feminine looking and I was like oh it's gonna be like I think we had 10 or so people and then there'd be like this brick and it'd be like ew who was that and that's what I felt and then I know with podcasts you're like stating your view to other people and that's why I've also been a bit like I guess more hesitant than you to say like public I wouldn't not I guess they're personal little antidotes I guess you could say well I so now I just feel like you're more open in like a lovely way um I think it's kind of because that's what I was going to say like and I'm icy because because we, we're thinking about how we want to present ourselves yeah we, we overthink it right because we like I'm more worried about my appearance than anyone else in the world because anyone else will like look at me and then probably just forget what I look like, just dismiss it. Whereas like, and I think this is like, it's it's really like we need to check ourselves because this is kind of the thing that holds us back because we become too afraid to kind of engage with things, and that to me was part of why I wanted my picture taken for the 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 projection project. Every woman project. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, and I was like, oh, and then, I, <laughs> I was so annoyed. My my like my ultimate dream is for someone to kind of look at like something I do, like like they'll hear me on the podcast and they'll go, "This idiot does not have a fucking clue what she's saying," 
I'm going to start a real podcast, a good one. And then I'll be like, oh my God, I inspired someone to like do something better than me. That's amazing. And that's like my dream. <laughs> well, yeah. I think we're like an Irish trans podcast. We're not the Irish yeah. trans podcast. And there's been a few others. Um, do you know of them? Do you want to plug them? Oh, the ones I know are dormant. So. Okay. <laughs> but uh, maybe I'll include them on the social media so you should follow us, bitches. Thank you. That's a good idea. But yeah, um, I think, and then, I sorry, but after the, um, the light pro- project. Yeah. All right, we What's didn't mention how we got the, to here. We were just like, oh, and the podcast. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because, um, oh, yeah. I think the the pandemic kind of, I know we just said we weren't going to talk about it, but I think that was part of what made us kind of do this because we can do it from separate homes as opposed to like meeting people and taking their photographs. Yeah, that was a really nice part of that, just meeting people and being like, hello, and then taking their photos. But yeah, I think it was Lilith who was like, she had this idea. And then when we took her photo and she became more, like, involved, she was like, oh, you bitches can do it, and I will be the behind-the-scenes producer. And I think we wanted to do something again, and with the pandemic, it would have been harder to do a more visual type of art, I think. Yeah, well, the only thing that kind of needed, because the podcast can be recorded online, like, anything that needed, like people working in the same room was kind of off limits. Um, but the other thing I think is well about the podcast, because like Lilith was saying, like you were saying it was like kind of like originally Lilith's idea, but I think we are the ones kind of doing the recording part because we're like young and dumb. And um, like we've been talking to maybe like older people and maybe not always like literally older but older in the sense of maybe transitioning for kind of longer periods yeah and and even if they're not because i'm not sure if alana has been out as non-binary for a while they've been out in like the irish kind of activism space longer than either of us have yeah so so i think it was just because we we're kind of like learning as we're doing the podcast as well Yes, which does sound like it can be annoying for some people that our freshness and newness is kind of like, (gasps) are y'all idiots? But it's like, maybe, maybe so. Yeah, no, definitely. um, I'm definitely an idiot. Okay, yeah. Um, I I never make, well, I have actually. I claim a lot of contradictory contradictory things depending on the mood I'm in. But, um. So I guess we explained how we got take your what else did you want no i just i was gonna say something about us being like younger and then uh because the podcast intergenerational and like oh my god we didn't mention that part oh yeah it's intergenerational that was like the starting point because because uh i think oh yeah because it's like we want to kind of can build a more like i don't know like a trans community but like with more intergenerationalness in general yeah and i remember i think it was lilith who was like this can be a resource for other trans people and i think that's what i like about it it's not something that is like oh after we've how, done however many it's not going to be like oh this is too topical 
and it's like this is about these people's experience of their lives and it's just so interesting and lovely to get to talk to people in time like this about themselves and even share parts of ourselves with them so it's um, almost like thank you so much for coming on bitch all right we have another question sir producer Lilith and, okay, yes, I shall ask you, Alexandra, how have you grown and developed over the years as, like, a person? I know, like, Lilith asked us that just there, and mm-hmm. my immediate thing was, like, panic, because I'm like, that's 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 a loaded question. Well, yeah. I've definitely come to realize how little I know. Like, like, you know, like, you go in and you think, like, okay, I don't really know what this stuff is about, but I'm sure as I engage with it, I'll learn more. And you do learn more. But the downside to that is that you also learn how much you don't know yet. And like, um, I I don't know, it's just there's so much kind of stuff that's like just just I don't know, it's like there's so much. There's like like I can't even think of like an example because my brain is just like overflowing with like thoughts. It's just like you talk to somebody who's involved in one area of activism and like in the eighties or whatever and they're, they're telling you about how that was different from like in the present time about how like activism was like in New York in the seventies. And it's like you have all these different kind of cultures going on at the same time and they're all kind of going for like similar rights and they're all engaging in different ways and Okay, that is not like a lot to take in. More so about you, but yeah, I got it too. Oh, okay. No but Well I meant like my experiences or whatever. Oh, I guess. But I thought we were going to be like, I guess we don't. Ugh, I don't know what I'm saying. Okay, we have another question from Lilith. Thank you, Lilith. No, she was like, what did we think of each other? I'm like, I don't want to say that because I don't feel like that's... <gasps> that's it, no, I mean, like, it's not like, I don't like judging people or whatever. Or, you know, it's not... It's not like, like, who's this Oompa Loompa? No, it's just like it's not my place to be like, oh, I think this of Jules because like I think this is a past. I mean, I think Jules is great, but I don't want to like analyze Jules. I feel like, oh, I don't know. Some people have taught told me what they've taught about me for. You, you know what I mean. Majority of my life, I'm used to her. Yeah, but like, is that a fair thing to do? Like, I think it's often inherently negative. Sometimes it's just. And it's like your first instinct isn't always the most accurate or even the best instinct. And I'm not someone who's like, oh, your first like impression of someone is the most important impression. It is uh, an important impression, but I don't, I, beca- I guess I don't go <laughs> well off first impression. So yes. I was probably very cold and distant and very, like, shifty. Shifty? <laughs> that makes you sound like a thief what? or something. I am, bitch. You're I'm not. You know, I was going to say that. I was like, I steal hearts. I just don't know people's hearts. <laughs> That's like, not no. true. But I didn't think that, not to, like, say anything too much about how I thought of you. I didn't think it would still be, like, Speaking so regularly when I first met. Let's say that. (laughs) No, I just mean, like, we've obviously, like, gotten very close, and I didn't expect that to happen, let's say, and we've done, like, all of those things we just mentioned together. Yeah. And it's, like, nice. Yeah, like, I don't know, we've done, like, lots of stuff, and 
I, I just feel like it's it's very hard to kind of think about it all like at once. You know what I mean? Like how do you like tie it all into kind of one experience or something? Yeah, I guess we're trying to like form it into a narrative that can fit into like an hour, and that is, I guess, without the help of a third person, not something, or even with the help of a third person, was quite perfected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, my brain is not good at like breaking things down at all. I need to like write bullet points and then like cross out which ones are irrelevant and oh. and then like make sure they're all in like an order to actually mm-hmm. make sense. And, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if like people are even listening to this. I know it's a weird thing to say in a podcast where if people do listen to it, they'll be like, I'm listening to others. Um, I just know there's more people who are, I don't want to say more informed. But I just feel like, will this be an mm-hmm. episode people will even care to listen to since it's just the two of us? And like we said, we're both quite like not the most experienced in even activism. We're just like meeting people and kind of becoming part yeah. of their lives. We're both very like distant. And it's like, who wants to listen to some people who are quite like lonely for the majority of their lives? <gasps> there, I like read us both. <laughs> feel so called out i don't know but maybe we should yeah well we ended here do you have anything else you want to talk about i think i would just say like just like what you were saying just like i i i think like the thing for me if i think about this in the context of if i was listening in i i would kind of think about like um how the person kind of doing the podcast is 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 quite young or whatever in in terms of activism and like I wouldn't even say I was an actor though. Is nearly like trying to learn mm-hmm. more. Well, I would you want to say that's what the podcast is is like type of activism. I guess it's a form, but oh, I don't know. It can just feel very like like it's not very clear what the right thing to do is a lot of the time, and like you're you're kind of trying to do things. But, like, you don't have all the answers and you don't even know enough to know what the general kind of right direction to go in is. Well, you know who's great in helping us with that? Alicia and Lila. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do just want to say thank you to Alicia and Lila for being just, like, wonderful people. Because I don't think I've said that on this podcast. And I was like, they both really done just so much for the both of us, I think. And if you listen to this, much like I do think that they are instrumental to the Starlings and to this podcast. So it's a collection of four, not just two younger people yammering on. And it's just, I guess if you'd like to follow us, you can follow us on the Starlings on Twitter and the Starlings Collect on Instagram. And thank you for your time, whoever is listening. Would you like to say anything else, Alexandra? Uh, no, I think that was like a great little tie up. Thank you so much. Thank you, and we'll be back. Bye-bye. For now. Bye.